everybody, and welcome to a special college football edition of the You Thought Sports Podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm here with my host, Jared, today. Before we get started discussing this week's college football results, where our beloved Notre Dame did not play because of a series of positive COVID tests, we're going to remind you to please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube, where we post videos every week. We love hearing your feedback and helping having it help us make better content. So, we'll start off today in Oklahoma. So, Jared, this past weekend, Oklahoma once again seemed to fail up to their failed to live up to their lofty expectations and lost 38-35 to Kansas State. With losses to subpar teams in the past few years and big college football playoff losses seemingly every year, is it fair to say that Oklahoma is the most consistently overrated team in college football? No. Uh, I mean, I, d- no. I totally get the question, but I'm definitely not on board with this. I-, I mean, they're usually ranked right where they should be. They're like the fourth best team in the nation. They're not in the Clemson-Alabama tier, but that's I think they're right where they should be. What do you I don't know. I, I disagree. I feel like if a team is ranked fourth best, they should be competitive in the playoffs. They shouldn't be losing games they have. they're heavily favored to win. They are. They've lost in the last 11 years. They've lost six times um, to in games where they're 20-plus point favorites. The next highest a team has only lost three times as a 20-point favorite. So that means people are consistently overrating them. They lose games they should win. And their college football playoff record since its inception six years ago or whatever it was, mm-hmm. they've been in it four times. They're 0-4. There was a one close overtime loss to Alabama where Baker was great. 2018 was only by 11, but they, they were mostly – or to Georgia, yeah. yeah. Um, to Georgia. 2018 against Alabama was closer, but they – it was 11 points, and they got some garbage time points, so it looked closer than what it really was. Mm-hmm. And then they got smacked by LSU 63-28 last year. I just I think know, they well, They're playing like, the number one seed. I don't know. What do you what do you expect? No, but I feel they like – They played great against is... Georgia in that Rose Bowl game. I, yeah, I but that's... I'm, not put, I'm not holding that against them too much. No, but don't you think if a team is consistently making the playoff, they should at least be generally competitive year in and year out and shouldn't be every year losing these games to Kansas State in back-to-back years? And... Well, but do you think, But do you? my other question would be, do you think the Oregon Ducks, if they were four, or Utah Utes, would be also be losing by like 20 points to Clemson and LSU? They I, probably I would. They, so I don't think Oklahoma's the, overrated. I don't know, but they never get the chance is the thing. They like. Okay, I think they're overrated fair. because they they're given the benefit of the doubt of name recognition a lot, which is like the same mm-hmm. argument that I think people make about Notre Dame all the time. But with Oklahoma, it's actually true. Like Oklahoma, <laughs> like they get the benefit of the doubt of that name recognition, always get that fourth spot in the playoffs and three out of four times haven't even put up a fight in the playoffs. Yeah. It's not all name recognition though. If you're, if you're averaging, they've been top 10 in the FBS points per game, at least the last three years. I They were first when they had Kylie Murray oh. third, when they had Baker and then six, when they had Jalen hurts. So I, I'm that's not overrated. Like that's something. I I I'll get the argument that the Big Twelve is trash. Like they yeah. the Big Twelve kind of is trash, but I they're still beat. They they still win the conference. You know, like they they lose a game. Every team loses a game. Clemson lost to Syracuse. Yeah, sure. Sometimes on like wonky games. Auburn. I mean Alabama loses to Auburn. Yeah, I I don't think they're I don't think they're like the legit maybe championship team that we want them to be. But they're not overrated. I think fourth is like right where they should be. That's what I think. No, I think that like you can make the argument that like in years past that like you'd prefer like a Penn State or a Michigan who might be maybe has two losses over Oklahoma. They don't even play a conference. They didn't play a conference championship until what was it two years ago? Yeah, they kept getting the benefit of the doubt there. I feel like <laughs> I 
I don't did, know. I did, just feel did, like did they even get in though before they had conference championships? Yeah, they did. I think okay. two two of their two of their four playoff appearances came before they had a conference championship. Okay. I don't know. It's just it's frustrating to me as like a Notre Dame fan where there's consistently this argument where like Notre Dame <laughs> gets like is only flying by a name recognition when Oklahoma every year gets into the playoff, gets smacked, and then we do the exact same yeah. thing next year. Like I get their offense is impressive. Like every year they can put forward a great offense, but their defense is never up to snuff. And I don't know. I just don't think you can ever be a top four team in the country with one of like a bottom half defense. Like, yeah, I, I mean, but I, I, yeah, I guess I don't think, but if, if you do, if a team does one thing great, which they do on offense, like I think, I don't think it's over. I don't think your team is overrated. They do have glaring because Notre Dame, obviously I love Notre Dame, but they're, they're not like a top 10 offense in, in the FBS, you know, where Oklahoma is year in and year out They're They're a juggernaut on offense. And I think yeah. that's, yeah, I think that counts for number four team in the nation. I think that's fair. No, I, with I, Ohio I like... State, with Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson in front of them, that's fine. I don't know. I just think think that like whenever there's like a tie breaking vote, they're always the ones chosen. And I do think like yeah. having that great offense counts for a lot. Like I yeah. agree. Like I think it at least puts them in top ten, top fifteen status. But I don't know when there are. Other <laughs> I mean, they're easily are... in top ten. Yeah, I uh, easily. I think they're bottom half, <laughs> top ten most years, but that's wow. another argument for another day. Yeah. I I don't know. I just they're never a complete team. They never can put it together when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. And it seems like the same mistake just ma- keeps being made year in year out, where they get slid into the fourth spot, they lose to whomever they play, and then they're out. It's just they're basically getting a first round bye. Whoever plays Oklahoma <laughs> gets a first round bye in the playoffs. Well, it's not. A- I don't know. You make it sound that easy. You you don't want to take away too much credit from the people that are shutting them down too. the other teams that are shutting them down. I I think playing in the big 12 really hurts them though, where there's just like no defense in general. Yeah. You know, so maybe that, maybe that's inflating how good they are. That could, that could definitely be true, but I'm not saying they're consistently overrated. I'm I'm happy with, with how they're rated overall. That's fair. You you can have that opinion, I guess. Yeah, you can be wrong. <laughs> yes. Oh, one last point I'd like to add before we transition. They don't even like train and develop their own best talent. Like the three guys what? they've had. They have, two, they have two of the last three Heisman's. Yeah, like all you of them mentioned. transferred in. All of them transferred in. They're it's like not like but, they're developing but the they talent. They're but they transferred for a reason because they wanted to be in that system. Well, yeah. So like, yeah, but it's not like. They're not like taking guys and making them fit their system and developing them as players. What they're doing is they're, like cherry picking guys across the country who fit their system, throw them in. That like well, it doesn't feel like they're developing players. I, that that's a minor point and probably not even a great one. But I thought I'd just throw that in on the top. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Spencer Rattler is a, I believe, homegrown he recruit, is. right? He didn't yeah. transfer in, so we'll see. And he he didn't look, look that great, great though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we will see on that one. Um, anyway, let's transition to, though. Um, LSU dropped their first game. Super surprising to, to Mike Leach's air raid Mississippi State, which is just crazy. Uh, greatest, greatest uh, LSU is not the greatest team in the SEC anymore. Uh, do you think that last year's LSU's success last year was due more to Joe Burrow than Coach O's stellar coaching. I I'm gonna go a hard yes on this one. Yeah. Like to be fair, like 
he is in a tough situation. Only three of 11 starters coming back on defense. Yeah, only on. one of five on the offensive line. Not only do you lose Joe Burrow on offense, but Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, are like all like elite players. So like mm-hmm. nobody should be expecting, I feel like, that they're back up to the same level that they were last year. That being said, like I feel like the regression is looking pretty steep at this point. Like, mm-hmm. And you don't see... Like, you don't see Nick Saban's Alabama come out and lose to a team they should beat. You don't see Davos Sweeney's Clemson lose to a team they should beat right after winning a national championship. They're the first national champion since 1978 to lose their opening game the next season. Yeah, and I saw that. Yeah, it's just, like, yes, he's a generational-type talent, Joe Burrow, but you should be able, I feel like, to recoup a little bit. And mm-hmm. in his past coaching experience, Coach O hasn't been great and i think we might see a little bit of a mean reversion this year like he does have a hard job but i think <laughs> things just like really blended well this year, last year like to absolute perfection and mm-hmm. it's just like they call it lightning in a bottle and i don't know if he's an elite enough coach to take non-elite players to an elite level i don't think any coach i don't think any elite coach can take non-elite okay. players though to like a college football playoff you know no, I mean, obviously, obviously, it was Joe Burrow last year. I mean, he had the best season of any, mm-hmm. yeah, of any player ever. Probably, it's a pandemic year. I say this all the time. It's you a do, pandemic you year. do. Come on, <laughs> Coach O. He gets he gets a bad rap, you know, like for the raspy voice and everything. But I'm on his side. Like, yes, obviously Joe Burrow is great, but that doesn't mean that Coach O is a bad coach because he doesn't have the best college football player of like of the year last year. You know. And, and and Alabama doesn't lose, they do lose a lot of players, but they they don't have, they LSU doesn't have like the longevity that Alabama has, where Alabama consistently just has a pool they pluck from. LSU I feel like is still developing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. So I'm not gonna get too, I'm not gonna get too on Coach O for this either. Yeah. No, and I, like like I said, I think some regression is to be expected. It's just like, I think. And I like him as a lot as a person as well. Like, I'm not, like, bashing Coach O. I just don't mm-hmm. think he's, like, an elite coach. Like, I, I think that yeah. he's a very good coach who got a perfect situation last year. And I think it's evident when they lost to Mississippi State, who's, like, not that great. Or well, we don't historically. know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Mississippi State, I think the rankings just came out. They're, like, up in the top 20 now after oh, okay. not being ranked. So, <laughs> But that could be the overcorrection that, like, the AP poll always makes. Yeah. But in any case... <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a team with a new system, a new coach, like just sort of learning the ropes versus last year's national champion. It shouldn't really even be a close game, I feel like. And they lost it. So, I mean, I don't think it'll be awful this year. They'll probably be like six and four, seven and three, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But I think it's became glaringly apparent this weekend that like Burrow and the other like skilled players around him were the reason they won the national championship last year and not some like master class of coaching from Coach O. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> all right. Well, then we'll transition to our last topic for the day. Um, so, fans, bands, game day traditions, all typically a huge part of the college football experience. Yeah. Most of those are lacking from games this year due to COVID. So, Jared, as a fan at home, how much does this lack of game day tradition and everything like that impact your viewing of the sport? For me personally, it's huge. I, I mean, I love college football is my favorite sport, but it's lost some of it, so much of its allure this year for me. Like no fan fans for me, the fan experience 
of college football is like kind of what makes me watch it. They they just have like way more rabid fans than any other sport, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The the sound design, especially on CBS, is just so good. But this yeah. year, like without without networks conveying enough fan noise, the game like loses a sense of urgency. The only network I feel like that's doing it well right now is Fox, which was what which was what the Oklahoma Kansas State game was on. Mm. Yes, they had fans, but they were definitely I feel like definitely pumping in some more noise. And I felt like shoot, yeah, this is a sense of urgency. Where mm. like the other games feel like scrimmages. No, I don't know. I, you need a band, and you need the fans. Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, disregard yeah. COVID. Just just to be clear, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying um, it's it's out of their control, but it it loses a lot of its allure for me without the fans and band and all that. Personally, yeah. So I think there is some truth in that. I remember I think ESPN slash like SEC Network's coverage, which is what I was watching a lot of yesterday, mm-hmm. hasn't been great. Like not only. Mm-hmm. Did I think they did a bad job of like, like they like they delayed things so like a guy would score a touchdown and they all start celebrating and they didn't like there wasn't enough fan noise yeah. to like tell like something big could happen and the announcers were also like delayed <laughs> a little bit but uh, and also some of the graphics were wrong a lot like I'm sure the people <laughs> really? at the, I'm sure the people at ESPN and the SEC network are doing a, a fantastic job but it did feel a little less of that luster that being said. I don't notice a huge difference. It's just like in those little moments when like someone scores a touchdown that I notice a difference, I feel like. And I feel mm-hmm. like if I were a fan in person, I would notice a much bigger difference. Yeah. Um, like if I were still a student at Notre Dame, if we were still students at Notre Dame and going to a game, like it would feel weird. Yeah. But I can like watch the game and for like 90% of it, it feels the same to me. And like mm-hmm. for me, at least that's good enough because there are so many things about this year that makes it compelling. Like you have, I feel like, even more rivalry games all the time because they're only playing in conference schedules. Like that's super compelling to me. And I disagree things, on like, that actually too. You disagree I'll with get, that? All right. Yeah. Should I go into it right now? Please I, do. I, I'd like because you don't really have like a, a kind of like a preseason to ramp up to your to your like regional games. Mm-hmm. I don't like that there's no cross country interesting games. Like especially because the conferences purposely put their best teams on easy like front. They backloaded their schedules. The front, mm. like the front, all their conferences, they're, I mean, Oklahoma wasn't supposed to lose to Kansas State. They're playing yes. Texas, like, you know, they're not playing Texas in the first two weeks, which, so it, it kind of feels like a, they're just playing scrimmages until they get to the real game. You know what I mean? I, so I don't like it. No, I, I don't know. I can see that, but I do also like the potential of having like a rivalry game every single week yeah. and for like having that going forward, I think as an added layer of dimension to the season that makes it more interesting and what i also like too is i think this is going to be a big chaos year um like we've already seen two top 10 teams lose almost three with texas yesterday i think while some of that like scrimmage quality takes away from it it does make it so there's a little more you know chaos that goes along because teams aren't perfect they're not um you know, firing on all cylinders until later. And because mm-hmm. of that, like, you have the potential for, like, crazy stuff to happen like it did yesterday with two top ten losses in what was really, like, the first full week of the college football season. I think so, that's I think that's fair. But, see, no, that's what you're – that's that's the point right there is it didn't – this it didn't feel like a real college football season until the SEC started playing. With all the conferences starting, I, I hate that, actually, that all the yes, conferences Yes, I, I wish they coordinated. Like, I think yeah. – one mistake in all this is like the group of five, not the group of five, the power five at least should have decided at some point they're like, okay, this is what we're all doing or yeah. else it, it loses some of the urgency as well. But that being said, like 
I still watched like a lot of games this weekend and it still felt like relatively normal. Like it did, it was not the full experience. Like I'm not going to argue that it was, but Mm -hmm. it didn't impact the experience enough for it for me to like really feel that much different Mm. or like really have me not enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think it's like, it took us until the week. What is this week three until we had actual like college football. You know what I mean? Like the first two weeks were just like, what even is this? And it was just like the ACC that is not really that interesting of a conference. I'm sorry, ACC. No, Big 12, I, not that I, interesting either, to be honest. Until we get the SEC and then the Big 10. I like yeah. the Pac-12 because I just grew up around those teams more. I, I also yeah. think that no no like real college game day doesn't build the necessary hype for games as well, mm-hmm. as, in my opinion. Like, without saying I, – because I, you watch college game day, you'd be like, all right, this is the game of the week. I'm, I'm definitely watching the game of the week. And like, mm-hmm. oh, what else is interesting this week? You know, oh, we got these ranked matchups going on and you just don't have that yet. It, it's not going to, it, it maybe it won't feel like completely real for me until November when all five, when all power five are playing. I don't know. I agree. And I think the first weekend of November too is Notre Dame Clemson, which could That's, be shaping up to be a that could be huge. top three, top four matchup at this point, which would be crazy. That would be crazy. That's another thing I wanted to mention. Rankings are super inflated right now. Like oh, my, yeah. Miami's eighth? That's <laughs> yeah. no. Miami, no. I get it that they're the only ones that have actually played games, but Miami's not the eighth best team. UCF no. 11, I haven't watched them, so I I, I don't know. I can't They've been pretty good. Much, but... I mean, like, I'm not going to say that, like, UCF is the 11th best team in the country, even though I love them, but they have looked, like, pretty dominant. In yeah, they've been they played up until this point. Um, I do want to yeah, ask you, too, Lucas. Yeah. Does UCF, like, actually have a shot at the college football playoff this year? With I potentially think... a bunch of chaos. And they're and they look good. Who knows? I think potentially they do. I'm not gonna say that like they'll do it, but I think this year more so than most, just because of how abnormal everything is. Mm-hmm. Like I could see them sneaking in if like if every conference champion has like two losses, mm-hmm. which I don't think is out of the question this year. Or even if you have like a one loss SEC champion and then you have a two loss Pac-12 ACC Big Ten champion, like I could see them putting UCF in in that situation, yeah. especially if they continue to like smack down their opponents and beat the good teams on their schedule like Memphis and Cincinnati and like the other ranked teams in the American. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the committee thinks that like, cause obviously Memphis and Cincinnati are ranked in the top 25 right now, but is the committee actually going to think that they're like real football teams that like UCF is taking down? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know and, either, <laughs> but, but I do agree that like, if think about it, if, if Notre Dame or Clemson doesn't win the ACC, the ACC champs probably not going to be in like, they're not going to like, you know what I mean? Like they're UNC put, like, is, UNC yeah, or, and Miami, I doubt are going to run the table. You know what I mean? They're not yeah, going to like put in that team. Pit or like right? Because I mean, there's like a lot of like there's a lot of like <clears throat> mid tier ACC teams who are ranked now that like probably won't be coming exactly year at this point. Yeah, I honestly think this is a, a beef I've had for years. But like <laughs> they shouldn't do rankings until like we at least week like seven or eight of the season. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make it, especially this year. Like especially there's like. Like why this week is Ohio State being introduced into like you don't know whether they're sixth overall or not like yeah. I don't know why you're even ranking teams that haven't played yet and won't play for like three or four more weeks. I, I get that. I get, I, I get that this year, but I think in a normal year rankings are super important because it's for TV mostly. It's like oh, oh shoot yeah. the second best team is playing the twelfth best team this week. I should watch that. You know what I mean? And that. Oh. That affects me. I'm like, yeah, two versus twelve. I do want to see that. You know what I mean? And where yeah. if it's just like, then you tell me, if you tell me it's Alabama, Miami, then maybe I don't really want to watch it because okay. I don't know. That's I don't know fair. the sense never, of urgency involved with it. I've never thought of it on that level. It's just frustrating to me because I feel like the way that the rankings work are like, 
it's not like a true ranking of teams. Like if you start the year yeah. one, unless you lose, you stay one, and that kind of yeah. frustrates me. That's definitely true. No, that's definitely true. They should. So you're so you're saying they should unseat the number one team if if they don't win convincingly enough, or if a team looks better behind them, basically. Yeah. So if like yeah. Clemson comes out and wins a bunch of one point games over the next ten weeks, and like Florida like is smiting teams by like fifteen twenty points, like I think they should rank Florida number one. Yeah. But I don't think they typically do that because of the way that system works. Yeah, well, I don't think the AP and coaches poll do that, but I feel like the college football playoff committee I does do, as do well. that, though. I, I yeah. do as well. I, I think, like, that's been a very good development in, yeah. in, like, rankings since the last six years or whatever they've been doing the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fans listening, let us know. Does UCF actually have a shot at the college football playoff? Tweet at us at Sport. Uh, is our handle it's called you thought sports is what it looks like we're also on youtube as lucas mentioned please subscribe and ring the bell and like this video that really helps us out because it lets us know what content you like um if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify or soundcloud subscribe we really appreciate you guys listening and we'll come come back at come back at it with you guys next week thank you